This is The Uppercase Life, and I'm your host, Joseph Brewster. The world is full of ambiguity. There's just so many things we don't know and so many things that we're trying to figure out. But your communications and your interactions don't have to be as ambiguous as they sometimes are. In fact, specificity, being specific, is a powerful tool when it comes to solving problems, when it comes to having effective use of your time, and when it comes to maintaining healthy relationships. So let's talk about how that works. If you're trying to get things done, ambiguity can be a real showstopper. Now, let me just preface it by saying this. I'm a creative. I'm one of these people who thinks laterally and has weird ideas. I'm not an A-type person. I'm not a spreadsheets by the numbers person. So sometimes I thrive on ambiguity and I really love spontaneity. But being specific can still be included in spontaneous and ambiguous situations. And the more you can be specific, the more you can get accomplished. And I think the more people will appreciate interacting with you, whether it's at home, at work, or wherever. So what are some ways we need to be more specific? First, I got to read you this quote by JP Morgan. I love this quote. Check it out. No problem can be solved until it is reduced to some simple form. The changing of a vague difficulty into a specific concrete form is a very essential element in thinking. Changing an ambiguity into a specificity is essential to solving problems. Here are some things you need to be specific about, and here's why. You need to be specific about your intentions. Now, you can replace this word intentions with goals, and this still works just as well. But when you are stating your intent, when you are setting out the goals that you're hoping to accomplish that haven't been done yet, be intentional about them. Because sometimes we have vague goals that are nearly impossible to quantify, so it's hard to know if we ever accomplish them. Let me give you an example. What if you had a goal this year to be more healthy? That is your intent. I'm going to put time and effort into being more healthy. What does that even mean? Could you be more healthy by the end of the day tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Would that be goal accomplished and you could quit for the year? Probably not. So what exactly are you trying to achieve? Now, here's where we run into some issues where it's like, well, maybe I should put my goal at I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. That's a quantifiable goal, yes. But what I encourage you to do is when you're talking about your intents and you're talking about your goals, be specific about the actions you're going to take, not about the outcomes that you can't control, but about the things you will or won't do. So if I say I want to be more healthy this year, that's great. That's vague. But if I say I want to go to the gym three times a week this year, that is specific. Now, I could be even more specific and say what I wanted to do at the gym each of those visits, but at least now I have a specific goal I can measure from. And it's not based on outcomes. It's not saying how strong I'm going to be by the end of the year. It's just based on actions I can take towards the goal of being more healthy. So being specific in your intentions and your goals is a big win. Second, be specific in your directions. Now, if you're actually giving directions like to a place, yes, for sure. But most of us use GPS, so you probably won't be doing that. But you might be leading people. You might be leading a project. 
And maybe you're sitting there thinking, no, I don't lead a project. But you know what? If you have a family, yes, you do. If you have kids, yes, you do. You might not be a manager over a team of people, but you probably have some situation in life in which you are leading people. So when you're leading people, you have to give directions. And the more specific you can be about your directions, the easier it is for the people working with you to work with you, because otherwise they don't know what you want. They don't know how to go about it, and they don't know if they've done it the way that you want it. So when you're giving directions, the more specific you can be, the more likely you are to get the results that you want. Three, be specific in your restrictions. Restrictions, you could also replace this word with boundaries. That would work well, but anytime that you have restrictions or boundaries or things you won't do, maybe on principle, or can't do, maybe physically or whatever, be specific about that. Now, I have lunch appointments with people quite frequently, and I have a question I ask everybody before we have lunch, which is, do you have any dietary restrictions? Because I've found over the years that some people do, some people don't, but it's always nice to know that before you choose the restaurant. And most of the time, people will give me a very straight answer. They'll tell me, I can't do gluten, or they'll tell me, sky's the limit, I don't have any dietary restrictions. But every now and then I'll get someone who says something really ambiguous, like, I'm just trying to eat clean right now. I'm sitting there thinking, what, what does that mean? What restaurant can I pick for you? That is very nonspecific. And I usually have to follow up my question with another question to try to interpret what eating clean means to that individual, because it means something different to everyone. So when you're saying, I refuse to do this, this is something I won't do in life, be specific. Because if you're just saying, I'm not going to do anything that would jeopardize my character, what does that mean? I'm not going to be a jerk. What does that mean? Like, how do you even define that? Let's talk about what you will and won't do, in particular about what you won't do. What are your restrictions? When you're signing on for a job, and I used to do this when I was a teenager, I owned my own business for a long time, so I haven't had to apply for a job in a long time. But when I did, I always wrote in restrictions, hours restrictions, and conditional restrictions for what I would and would not do at that job. And I wanted that on my hiring papers so that if it ever came up as an issue, I could point back at that and say, I've already defined my restrictions here. I can't do that. When you define your restrictions, I know that it sounds like a negative, but it's really not. Think of it like this. Think of it like a playing field in a game. Let's say you have a soccer pitch or a basketball court. Think of your restrictions as being the out-of-bounds lines. The out-of-bounds lines aren't good or bad. They're just there to help the players know where the game can happen. And if there were no out-of-bounds lines, think of how wildly confusing a game like basketball could be. That guy could just dribble out into the hallway and go out in the parking lot and then run back in and make a shot. It would be weird and chaos. So the out-of-bounds lines are helpful, and everyone needs to know where they are and what they stand for. So when you're setting your restrictions and you're being specific, you're really just putting the out-of-bounds lines there so we all know how to play the game fairly. It's not negative. It's just setting boundaries. For be specific about your praises. And you should praise people. Give compliments. But when you do, 
the more specific you can be and the more authentic you can be with them, the more meaningful it is. My family has a tradition, and every birthday, we toast the birthday person, and we go around the room, and however many people happen to be there for the birthday party, everybody says something that they appreciate about that birthday person. And then we toast after that and go to the next person. And you have to think of something specific to say about your appreciation for that individual who's having the birthday, or we can't go on to the next person. I love that practice, and it's a great way to give and get compliments, for one thing, but it's also it's sort of revealing of the fact that we don't always do that very often. Sometimes we don't even mention the positives about people, even though we think them inside, and it means a lot to people when you're specific about your praise to them. You did a really good job on that project. You were meticulous. You were on time. I appreciate that. Or maybe to a friend or family member. Like, you have been so kind to me this past week. I've gone through difficulties. You've listened to me and let me vent. And you've just had a really patient spirit with me. And I really am grateful for you. Those specific compliments, those specific praises over someone's life will stick with them. They will not forget that. And that is so much better than saying, you're a really nice person, which is still a compliment, but kind of indirect and very vague. So let's be specific. And then on the last note, let's be specific about our apologies. Yes, I end up apologizing with some regularity. I'm a father of three, and I'm also a husband, just one, a husband of one. And... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm still learning life. I There's a lot of first-time things I'm still trying to do and figure out. I screw stuff up regularly, and I have to apologize. And sometimes a simple I'm sorry is enough, but sometimes if you've been in a conflict with somebody, it's really good to be specific about what you're apologizing for. Here's why. People just throw, away, uh, people just throw apologies around uh, to try to fix a problem, right? People use apologies like they're duct tape, like, oh, we got an issue. I'll just be like, sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. That is one of the most infuriating apologies you can make because it's basically saying, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm apologizing because you got your feelings hurt. So when you're saying, I'm sorry, can you be specific? Can you say, I'm sorry, I could have said that a little kinder. I, I think I might have come across insulting, or maybe I, it sounded like I was accusing you, and I apologize. Please forgive me for that. Those specific apologies are more powerful than general vague apologies. And I would say if we did more of that, we'd have less conflict, or we'd at least wrap up that conflict way sooner. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Specifically, thank you for listening all the way to the end. You know you were someone special if you did that. Thank you for any likes. If you gave a rating, I just want to say specifically, thank you very much for doing that. Not many people do. That means a lot, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to being back here again with you next episode. But until then, live like it matters. Thank you.